Hi, Lloyd. A little slow tonight, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is, Mr. Torrance. What will it be? I'm awfully glad you asked me that, Lloyd. Because I just happen to have two 20s and two 10s right here in my wallet. I was afraid they were going to be there next April. So here's what. Slip me a bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. You can do that, can't you, Lloyd? You're not too busy, are you? <laughs> no, sir. Not busy at all. Good man. You set him up, and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one. Welcome back to a long overdue episode of the Bourbon and Branch podcast. It's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy past week. We just finished a U.S. presidential election. And even though, as Biden might put it, there's still a lot of malarkey going on with this whole voter fraud nonsense. I thought I'd keep in that same theme, but go a little lighter with a story that I recently read that comes from the Lacrosse Tribune, which takes a look, a spotlight, at every U.S. president's favorite adult beverage. This story comes from an article uh, posted June 30th of 2020 in Lacrosse Tribune. From stronger spirits to lighter cocktails, champagne, and even just water, each president had his favorite adult beverage while in office. A look at the drinking habits of each commander-in-chief. Thanks to journalist Mark Will Weber's book, Mint Juleps with Teddy Roosevelt, The Complete History of Presidential Drinking, an article for the New York Post, we have a reliable source pegging each president's drink of choice. We'll be citing Will Weber throughout. Not every president had strong ties to an alcoholic beverage. In fact, one actually pushed for a dry White House during his time in office. And President Donald Trump has said he doesn't drink alcohol. But the majority of U.S. presidents seem to have an affinity towards booze. When you see how the stresses of being commander-in-chief has aged most of the men who have taken office, it's no surprise many presidents needed a stiff drink at the end or beginning of the day. So let's start with number one, George Washington. He preferred dark porters. And according to Will Weber, Washington sold whiskey made near Mount Vernon, but he probably rarely, if ever, drank it. Rather than the hard stuff, the first president of the United States loved dark porter beer, which he would lace with molasses. Up next, John Adams. His preferred drink was hard cider. And by all accounts, the second president of the United States loved his alcohol. In fact, he started almost every morning with a hard cider per Will Weber. Adams, who was portrayed by actor Paul Giamatti in an HBO miniseries, also drank porter beer, rum, and copious amounts of Madeira. Thomas Jefferson preferred wine. And according to Monticello.org, Thomas Jefferson said in 1818 that in nothing have the habits of the palate more decisive influence than our relish of wines. 
The site also states that Jefferson developed a taste for fine wines in his younger years when visiting vineyards in Burgundy and Bordeaux, France. Of course, Jefferson's love of, of expensive wines and large purchases of said wines brought him to the brink of financial ruin, according to Will Weber. Always drink in moderation, folks. Up next, James Madison. He preferred champagne. And per Will Weber, James Madison once said champagne was the most delightful wine when drank in moderation, but that more than a few glasses always produced a headache the next day. Tell us something we don't know. Next, James Monroe. He preferred French red wine. James Monroe was a big fan of French wine, like Jefferson. Monroe preferred red wine and champagne, a thirst that got him into some trouble, per Will Weber. A small scandal occurred during Monroe's stint in the executive mansion when, in 12, when 1,200 bottles of Burgundy and champagne from France were charged to an account that Congress had earmarked for furniture. But haven't we all spent our furniture budget on booze before? Honest mistake. John Quincy Adams. He preferred Spanish Madeira. John Quincy Adams not only enjoyed drinking Madeira, a style of Portuguese wine produced in the Madeira Islands, he also evidently held a pristine knowledge of different kinds as well. There are some claims that John Quincy once conducted a blind taste test of 14 different kinds of Madeira and correctly identified 11 of them, Will Weber wrote. So just try channeling the six U.S. presidents next time you're out tasting. Andrew Jackson. Old Hickory. He preferred whiskey. Big surprise there. He was also one of the most polarizing presidents in history. Andrew Jackson made, sold, and of course, drank whiskey. Martin Van Buren. He preferred whiskey as well. Like his predecessor in the Oval Office, Van Buren had an affinity toward whiskey. So much so, in fact, that he actually earned the nickname Blue Whiskey Van, according to Will Weber. William Henry Harrison. He preferred hard cider, and according to History.com, a pro-Democrat newspaper mocked Henry Harrison back in 1840 by claiming he was too old to be president. The paper said, give him a barrel of hard cider and a pension of $2,000 a year, and he will sit the remainder of his days in a log cabin. Harrison, a member of the Whig Party, used a smear attempt to mount a log cabin campaign which essentially embraced the statement and positioned Old Tip as a common man who enjoyed drinking and relaxing. It probably didn't hurt that his opponent, Martin Van Buren, was unpopular at the time and seen as an elite. Harrison won the election, but developed, developed pneumonia after delivering the longest inaugural address in history. He never recovered and died just one month into his term, the shortest ever for a U.S. president. John Tyler. He preferred champagne. And according to Will Weber, John Tyler was very fond of champagne and wrote as much in a letter to his daughter. James K. Polk. He liked wine. James K. Polk was not a heavy drinker, but he did enjoy wine, champagne, and brandy per Will Weber. Zachary Taylor. Another whiskey fan. Will Weber wrote the following of Zachary Taylor. During the Mexican War, a political aide reportedly visited to inform Taylor that the Whig Party wished to nominate him for president. Taylor allegedly replied, stop your, no stop your nonsense and drink your whiskey. This is a man who had his priorities in order. Millard Fillmore. 
He also preferred Madeira. Millard Fillmore was apparently a lightweight per Will Weber. However, he once admitted to sampling enough old Madeira that he was slightly fuddled. Feel free to use the term slightly fuddled as often as you can moving forward. Franklin Pierce. He liked everything. Franklin Pierce earned Will Weber's nod as the drunkest president in American history. According to the writer, Pierce drank a lot of everything and once said after leaving office, what can an ex-president of the United States do except get drunk? He died of cirrhosis of the liver at age 65. James Buchanan. He preferred sherry. As a president who preceded Abraham Lincoln, James Buchanan's historical standing was perhaps always doomed to be cast in a negative light. Of course, his decision to dismiss slavery as an issue that needed to be addressed, among other questionable policies in office, have helped Buchanan consistently be labeled America's worst president. Uh, okay. As far as his stance on alcohol, Will Weber wrote that a friend of Buchanan's once said the Madeira and sherry that he had consumed would fill more than one old cellar. Honest Abe. Honest Abe preferred water. While Pierce earns the distinction of the drunkest president, Abraham Lincoln was pegged as the driest by Will Weber. If Honest Abe did drink, he did so rarely. Andrew Johnson. He preferred whiskey. As it turns out, both Andrew Johnson and Andrew Jackson both enjoyed whiskey above other alcoholic drinks. Andrew. Okay. Ulysses S. Grant. He preferred champagne. Like Fillmore... Grant was labeled a lightweight drinker by Will Weber. That doesn't exactly fit the stereotype of a gruff war general, though other sources note he was an avid drinker during his days as a general, but evidently Grant had low drinking tolerance by the time he got into the Oval Office. Per Will Weber's article, one of Grant's White House entertaining bills included $1,800 for a champagne loan, so he certainly wasn't opposed to celebratory drinks. Rutherford B. Hayes Preferred drink, non-alcoholic. Rutherford B. Hayes' wife, Lucy, was a teetotaler, a believer in complete personal abstinence from alcoholic drinks. As such, she banned alcohol and smoking, among other things, from the White House. When Hayes was president, she earned the nickname Lemonade Lucy for his lifestyle, for this lifestyle. According to Will Weber, staffers sympathetic to visitors that might want some alcohol tried to infuse some oranges in the punch with rum. But Hayes apparently discovered the plot and had staffers substitute rum flavoring instead. Though Hayes adopted his wife's personal stance towards alcohol while in office, he was not a teetotaler throughout his entire life. James Garfield preferred beer. President Garfield, unlike other presidents, was a beer man through and through. Per Will Weber, a friend of Garfield's, Thomas Donaldson, once noted in his diary that Garfield liked beer and drank but little else. Chester A. Arthur, preferred drink L. In an article by Sam Greenspan for 11points.com, citing John R. Bumgarner's book, The Health of Presidents, Greenspan wrote, Arthur would drink wine and after-dinner liquors liqueurs, pretty much nightly. Per foodtimeline.org, however, his favorite meal was a mutton chop with a glass of L or a slice of rare roast beef with hot baked potatoes and fruit. And as Wilbur wrote, 
representative of the temperance movement pressured Arthur to consider a non-alcohol policy at the White House. He thundered, Madam, I may be the president of the United States, but what I do with my private life is my own damned business. Let's just say that Arthur enjoyed his alcoholic beverages and that he would have received a ton of flack on Twitter had existed in the 1880s. Grover Cleveland. Preferred drink, beer. Grover had a strong preference toward beer. Drank a lot of it and drank it almost exclusively. According to Will Weber, Cleveland and a fellow politician once took a vow to hold themselves to four beers a day. Something tells us limiting oneself to four beers per day isn't the healthiest way to live. Benjamin Harrison. Preferred tea. Benjamin leaned more toward God than demon alcohol, Will Weber wrote. Well then, unlike many presidents before him, Benjamin Harrison stayed away from booze. According to foodtimeline.org, Harrison's wife, Homie Custom, was to serve hot, clear soup at her White House teas and receptions. Uh, talk about excitement there. Grover Cleveland. He preferred beer. Cleveland's penchant for beer continued into his second term in office. William McKinley. He preferred rye whiskey. In addition to having an Alaskan mountain named after him, a polarizing topic in the news last year when President Barack Obama renamed the mountain Denali to honor Native American culture, William McKinley also had alcoholic drinks named after him. Per Will Weber, one such drink, popular at the time of his election, was called McKinley's Delight and consisted of the following ingredients. Three ounces of rye whiskey, one ounce of sweet vermouth, two dashes of cherry brandy, and one dash of absinthe. That's a drink right there. Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore preferred mint juleps. Teddy, the man for which Will Weber's book is named, loved mint juleps. He even used them to entice his cabin to come play tennis with him at the White House. Roosevelt used mint from the White House garden to make the drink, which also comes with a recipe. 10 to 12 fresh mint leaves muddled with a splash of water and a sugar cube. 2 to 3 ounces of rye whiskey a quarter ounce of brandy, and a sprig of two or fresh, a fresh mint to garnish. William Howard Taft, preferred champagne. Recognized by many for his rotund physical frame, he took the skills at more than 300 pounds, President Taft didn't have a drinking prowess equal to his size, though he would drink champagne occasionally for celebratory purposes. Taft did not drink a lot. Woodrow Wilson, preferred drink, scotch. Per Will Weber, Wilson loved scotch. His campaign song, Wilson, That's All, actually came from a brand of whiskey that was popular early in the 20th century. It's quite interesting that presidential campaigns were in some cases actually closely tied to alcohol. Warren G. Harding. He preferred whiskey. Harding habitually stashed a bottle of whiskey in his golf bag and thought nothing of taking a pop before he teed off, according to Will Weber. Calvin Coolidge. Tokay wine. Calvin Coolidge was not much of a drinker, but he was very fond of Tokay wine, per Will Weber. Tokay is usually a sweet white wine from the Tokaj district of northeastern Hungary. Herbert Hoover. He preferred wine and martinis. Hoover supposedly had a fantastic wine collection, Will Weber wrote, but his wife allegedly dumped it down the drain when Prohibition hit. Interestingly, Herbert Hoover called Prohibition the noble experiment. 
during his time as a politician, but asked for a good dry martini while suffering from pneumonia at age 80. FDR. He preferred assorted cocktails. As a president who signed the Cullen Harrison Act, bringing about a repeal of prohibition in the United States, perhaps it's no surprise that Franklin D. enjoyed a good drink from time to time. Will Weber notes FDR as the president most associated with cocktails and connects him to gin-based martinis, whiskey-based Manhattans, as well as Bermuda rum swizzles. Harry S. Truman preferred bourbon. Unlike many of his predecessors who were more interested in drinking wine and beer, Harry was a fan of the hard stuff. Truman loved bourbon and quite often knocked down a shot of it in the morning, Will Weber wrote of the wartime president. He also liked a very strong old-fashioned and would complain if his staff made it too weak. An old-fashioned is a cocktail typically made with bourbon or rye whiskey, Angostura bitters, sugar, and garnished with a cherry. Dwight D. Eisenhower preferred scotch. As Will Weber noted, Dwight D. Eisenhower was a chain smoker who suffered multiple heart attacks during his life. As a result, Ike was limited to just a few drinks by his doc, per Will Weber. His drink of choice was scotch. JFK preferred a good Bloody Mary. Those who enjoy drinking a Bloody Mary are probably aware that they can either be delicious or terrible with very little in between, depending upon where you order one. They have to be done right, and it's safe to assume JFK only was served the best of the best. Will Weber also notes that Kennedy drank a lot of different alcoholic beverages, including daiquiris and Heineken beer, which he notes was considered at the time a big deal because it was imported. LBJ preferred whiskey slash scotch, namely Cuddy Sark. President Lyndon B. Johnson has a number of unique drinking stories attached to his legacy, as History.com wrote. While Senate Majority Leader, Johnson instructed staff to make his scotch and soda significantly weaker than his guests so that he could keep a clearer head. He also reportedly threw massive, lavish barbecues for dignitaries at his Texas ranch, where he'd drive around with his styrofoam cup of Cuddy Sark as his constant companion. Tricky Dick, Richard Nixon. Preferred expensive red wine. There appears to be yet another reason why Richard Nixon earned his nickname Tricky Dick. According to Will Weber, Nixon would routinely drink expensive bottles of red wine while simultaneously instructing his staff to serve wines of lesser qualities to his guest. <laughs> Big shocker there. Will Weber notes Chateau Lafitte Rothschild as one of the wines Nixon enjoyed. For reference, a bottle of that costs $699 per wine.com. Gerald R. Ford preferred a martini. President Ford enjoyed drinking martinis so much that he sometimes had multiple at lunch, per Will Weber. But when Ford was thrust into the presidency following the Watergate scandal and Nixon's resignation from office, Ford's staffers advised he cut back on the drinks. George H.W. Bush preferred drink, beer, and vodka martinis. Former President George H.W. Bush, father to former President George W. Bush and 2016 presidential candidate Jeb Bush, drank a bit of everything. Per Will Weber, he often went for vodka martinis and beer. 
Most of the Bush family drinking stories are connected to Bush's oldest son, George, who quit drinking before being elected. Barack Obama. Preferred drink, beer. There are plenty of pictures of President Obama indulging in a cold beer, even one that, invo- that evolved into a famous meme. While Obama was in office, the abode on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue even featured a White House honey ale for special guests. The beer is brewed using honey from the White House hives, according to Will Weber. And this is kind of out of order, but now I'm going to Jimmy Carter. Sorry for skipping around here. Jimmy preferred white wine. Although Jimmy Carter would drink white wine for the occasional toast at events, he was far from an avid drinker, imbibing alcohol only sparingly. Ronald Reagan Ronald preferred wine. Though Reagan was born and raised in Illinois, he eventually migrated to California on the back of a seven-year contract with Warner Brothers Studios. While living in a life in Hollywood, Reagan developed a taste for California wines and an occasional orange blossom special made with vodka, per Will Weber. The recipe was one ounce vodka, one ounce grenadine or sweet vermouth, and two ounces of fresh OJ. Bill Clinton A snake bite Bill Clinton's favorite alcoholic drink is one part hard cider and one part lager mixed in equal volumes. According to a 2001 article in the Harrogate Advertiser, Clinton was refused a snake bite in a bar in the UK because it was illegal to serve it there. George W. Preferred drink, Diet Cola. George W. Bush, a.k.a. W., hung up his drinking pants before he made it into office. Instead of booze, Bush preferred to drink soda and other non-alcoholic beverages as president. Donald Trump. Preferred drink, Diet Coke. Donald Trump has said on various occasions that he abstains from alcohol entirely, but he does have a button on his desk that summons a butler to bring Diet Coke, according to Time Magazine. Turn out the lights. The party's over They say that all Good things must end Call it a night The party's over And tomorrow starts The same old thing again Thank you so much for listening to the Bourbon and Branch online podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform. And while you're sipping on your favorite whiskey, check out www.bourbonandbranch.online to keep up with my latest boozy snack adventures. It's where you'll find all the social media links, as well as the contact page to give me a shout out. As always, enjoy your boozy snacks responsibly. Cheers! Cheers!